the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. It is officially fall in Minnesota, which means things are falling from trees and our attention span is just dropping when it comes to soccer and other different stuff so things are falling and our attention span varies directly varies with directly. the amount yes. of leaves we're on very the busy people yes. so i'm joined here by the amazing bridget and of course the comrade in red eric hello hello i appreciate the uh the minnesota football show weather and season report rodrigo gracias kind of have to you know i was at i was you at gotta, homecoming you gotta yesterday. set the set the set the scene yeah right yeah it's like having a senior uh, and doing all those other things. Like, I've never been more busy during the fall than I than I've ever been. <laughs> when I was coaching, when I was coaching, I was coaching two teams, and doing all these different things, right? And like trying to get to the girls' games and that. But now that I'm not coaching this fall, it's like, hey, we need someone to do this. Hey, we need someone to do the grill for the. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll do it. It's like. <laughs> so busy but it's so much fun watching at least the kids have some sort of normalcy outside you know mm-hmm. and i think that's probably the best thing that i was able to be part of and plus you know enjoying it, time with the family i think it's always good for me um but yeah definitely i just i just hate that pine cones from my from my pine tree are falling and all the pine needles are coming down and yep. i'll trade Two big yards of leaves over pine needles any day. You got to get some blueberries. Uh, the blueberries love the pine needles. They love acidic soil. Oh. So you just put those those things around it or bury them in there and your blueberries will take off. I also throw the pine cones to start fires in my little yeah. yep. So that's what I usually do for those. Bridget, what's new with you? I, I wasn't too far away from you for a little bit yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we should we should have met up. Maybe that worked. But um yeah, not not a whole lot going on over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a my son had a cross country meet out there, and it was cool. It was interesting. Like I'd never really done one before, and in in a way, it kind of reminds me of like some of the martial arts meets or or competitions or whatever, where you have, you show up like two hours before your thing. You basically spend the entire day, and you compete for like twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if that welcome to sports right. my friend yeah welcome yeah, to yeah sports yeah pretty much i went but, to a twins was, game it was cool i went to a twins game for the first time since the metrodome closed mm-hmm. and like i went to their stadium and like it was like empty 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 like, when we got yeah. there i was like and i was like what's capacity here it's like 40 i like the layout like the layout is beautiful Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I like it that at every section, like once you get out of the section, there's literally a bathroom there. Right. So that's that's great for when you need to go and do that stuff. But I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't like, you know, we started chanting, you can't do that when someone was striking out. 
just could be like we need some sort of excitement everything's so commercialized yeah. like everything's sponsored by y or z right <laughs> yeah and like people have walk-up music i was like and that's my that'd be really good what would your walk-up music be if you were going up to bat like something like that i i had to think about that for a while it's a good question we'll bring that one back think about that, that. But, okay. uh, but yeah but Probably no it's just had to figure out which one yeah it's it's one of those things like you know you know that that made me realize i was like you know the alliance is just a an, an electric atmosphere when you walk in yeah and um and, and comparing it to anything else you know it's just i don't know it's just boring. I, <laughs> I, think, I think that's just baseball i've been i've been to one game there at target <laughs> field and it was like it was packed it was i think it was the coldest game played at target field uh this was probably like six years ago and it was fun but not like no one was there to watch the game like you're you're just hanging out kind of looking around you get a good skyline view i was up in the upper deck so i mean we just alternated between beer and hot chocolate from the caribou stand which was right below us and yeah i mean it was it was I a can't do it. It was a good way to spend like three hours, but that was because I was with people and like I get so chatting. bored, so yeah. and, bored. and I was to After the like point the where third like third or fourth inning. And I'm not saying it. we're a baseball family, but Nubia's dad and grandpa were like baseball people, like mm. true baseball people. Like, like when me and Nubia were dating, maybe we engaged. I and like I was still working at the U, and I had my my low end you know service job they were coming up to visit her and i was like oh yeah this is my way to get in you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna seal the deal so i bought twins because the cubs were in town because the nubia's dad's and um, grandpa's uh, favorite team was like i'll buy tickets we'll buy tickets to go see the, the twins because no one goes to watch the twins right and so like i bought tickets i literally i i bought tickets for everyone so that's like 10 tickets like literally five rows up from third base, no, from first base, right? Great seats. And then I forgot that I had to feed them, <laughs> right? Because I invited them, right? And I'm like, so you oh, were just man. you were just the waiter for basically like three <clears throat> hours or whatever. like the entire the entire time. I like even sat down really like right. Yeah. And um, I mean, baseball matches can sometimes be like seven, eight hours. Yeah, uh-huh. and so like I. Everything's done. The game's over. You know, uh, grandpa loves me. And then once grandpa loved me, like dad can't say no. And then it was just time before mom couldn't come into the whole thing. So it was great. But I was broke literally for like a month and a half. <laughs> like all I ate were like saltine crackers and like like sips of soda every day. For, like, yep. And like, that's funny. you know, that's, that's it. I think that's, that's what I had to do. And I was like, I was like, so it paid off. No, great investment. Um, well, speaking of food, I'm going to, I'm going to do MJ wanted a quick Omni recap. So I will do that for you, for him and everybody else and the listeners as well. Absolutely phenomenal. We went for our, um, our anniversary meal uh, a few days after the actual date, but had to do it on the weekend. This is the, the new restaurant downtown right on the river um by chef uh sean sherman all dakota and indigenous based uh food ingredients 
absolutely incredible. Oh, it was so good. One of the best meals I've had in probably forever. I mean, part of it is we haven't really been going out in a year and a half. So anything's, <laughs> anything's going to hit, you know Anything what I'm saying? Anything that you didn't cook yourself is like, Correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> 100%. But, but that, and it also being just this phenomenal experience with amazing, amazing artistic culinary uh, genius, as it were. And m- the majority of the plates are vegetarian and vegan. So you don't, I didn't even have to try I, all these options. Um, had vegan dessert that was out of this world. Um, it was so good. So, so, so good. Now, here, here is the, the tip for listeners and for you esteemed co-hosts, uh, Bridget and Rodrigo as well. If you try to get a reservation, you cannot and will not be able to. They are booked until Christmas, at least, I think, like all the way through the year. But you can still go because obviously we made it happen. So this is what you do. They open at four o'clock on the weekends. You got to get there between like four and five, five latest, which is crazy early for a dinner. I understand that. You got to go senior citizen style, <laughs> roll in at like 4.15. <laughs> and, and, and even at 4.15, their, their outdoor patio seating is probably going to be full already. But that's kind of, that's just like the, the general public, free for all, whoever gets there, gets their thing. So we got there probably right before five. Um, we still had to wait an hour. But then it landed, it worked really well where we were seated and started dinner like right about 6 p.m., which was perfect, worked out great. But so, that's, kind of, that's kind of the process though. Get there early, expect to wait about an hour and then plan your dinner accordingly, whether you want it to hit it like six or seven or whatever. So it's just, is that based on cancellations then or? No, it's just, it's just come and go on their patio. Okay. Yeah. And, and they, they expanded it too. Like they have like actual tables and they have kind of like, um, they're not picnic benches, but they're bench kind of situations. And we ended up on one of those. It was fine. It was very nice. I mean, the view is beautiful. You're, you're yeah, I heard right the view the is river. beautiful. Like, I heard it's like the place to go to. So, like, I was going to ask Unfortunately, there's first... just construction all over the place on the river. So, mostly you're, like, looking at cranes and all the little things that are fixing the bridges and whatnot. But nonetheless, it was, it was lovely. It was yeah. Lovely. No, it was just, you know, I was going to ask you. That was my first question. It was going to be, like, how did you get a reservation? How did you get in there? Because, like, yep. no reservation. people saying... Do you know someone? Do you know someone? Like I, I know I've I've shared time with the chef mm-hmm. because of my yeah. work, but like I was like I'm not at the point where I can be like, "Yo, can you fit in five at this time?" And I'm I'm, I met him here? briefly. He he was he's very personable, very approachable, like super humble and kind, just a really nice guy. And and you know he's he's one of the chefs that's just constantly making rounds. So, I mean, he's back, he's working in, in, with, in the kitchen, then he's out, he's talking to people. He, he, he hops in sometimes on the, uh, uh, on the front desk with the, uh, with the uh, uh, what's the name? Help me out. Um, I was going to say, whoever takes the beer. Yeah, yeah, the maître yeah. d', that's right. Yeah, whoever's trying to seat you or whatever. So he's all over the place. So he's really easy to just like, oh, congratulations, and kind of start up a conversation. And he, he told me, he's just like, oh yeah, we're booked solid till the end of the year. Like people flying from New York, from California, from That's awesome. other countries, j- j- just just to come and eat and like write a review or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Is, so there, is, is there a gift shop? I can't remember if there's a gift shop. I think you can, you can get maybe like hats or shirts or something. Yeah, there's definitely shirts. I do remember, I do remember seeing shirts. And I think the cool thing about this too, and he didn't mention this, but I would imagine it being like the only indigenous fine dining restaurant in the country, maybe in the world that he's hoping maybe it's a model. So it'll start to kind of like bring other native folks uh, 
a, a way to kind of get into it and kind of do their own thing yeah and, and wherever they're from wherever they're at oh that's the other thing too that reminds me so you know it's it's fall and we're wearing hoodies so nobody's like super fancy dress up or whatever like that and they're super accommodating especially to um to bipoc folks and poc and and obviously indigenous people as well like all around us lot, lots just very very uh, uh all the colors of the rainbow as it were all all up in there so very accepting nice. should yeah. they require like a vac- vaccination authorization or like i that's a good question i'm not sure um everybody wore masks in the waiting area obviously once we were outdoors we, we were eating when they were off um it was hit or miss in the inside dining area but again none of us had reservations so i didn't really spend any time in that area right. um so plus you don't know right i don't know unless no. you want to be a jerk like me and go table by table let me let me see your vaccination <laughs> card yeah what what i can say though to that point is it, if you do go this route which is probably frankly the only route you have if you want to eat there you end up outdoors um they're pretty good about their spacing on the tables and even in the picnic tables they're not trying to cram like multiple people on one i mean you could probably fit i don't know like like a typical typical bench picnic table like four people on each side they're not doing that so even if it was just my partner and i just lisa and i and, and we had one huge table just to ourselves with plenty of space that's cool well, now that we know, we've got our um, so so. What do you give it? Five stars? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. We got our five star review. There you go. This this cornbread they they serve their cornbread like a oh, do like they? A tamale oh, basically oh, like a tamal. Oh, um, uh, I had a, a stuffed basically it's like a chile relleno, but like their Dakota version of it that was just one of the best, probably the best stuffed did pepper have, I've ever had in my life. Did it have cheese in world. it? No cheese. Nope. No, everything vegan. Because because all the milk products are right. That's European what I was gonna say. Because yeah. a, a typical chile relleno has cheese in it. So nope, none of that. Um, mm. uh, squash puree. There was a carrot puree. Uh, nuts. Mm. Um, was there a really really potato, spicy sweet potato puree? Was there a yep. sweet potato? Oh gosh, that sounds good. Yep, it was. Just, it's making me want to go back already. <laughs> it was really good. So MJ welcome, and everybody else, everyone, welcome to the Minnesota football. Uh, we yeah. just talk about food and not really Jeff talk Sherman. About we're lo- we're else. looking for a sponsor. Let's let, let's get this thing done. That's Sponsored right. by Alumni. <laughs> Woo! All right, let's keep uh, on moving. Uh, we have some really cool, like, exciting news for our Minneapolis City SC uh, fans, members, or and whatnot. And yeah. um, I, I like Eric to 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 break the news at least to our listeners. Oh, Go ahead. Well, that's. That's kind of you. I mean, any of us could do it, but it's we we voted on this. So this this has been in the process now for a few months. This is just kind of the official getting it out there publicly. Um, there, there's there's a backstory to this as well with NPSL. Just Bridget can probably go on the, on this uh, with more detail than me than I can. But NPSL was basically pulling some BS and, and not exactly being the kindest and most accommodating in a lot of ways to, to Minneapolis City. Um, so this led to discussions of maybe it's time to look elsewhere and, and move into another space. And so they are. So we announced that, uh, or we, they announced, they're moving into USL League Two starting in the upcoming season in 2022, which will be great. Um, much dip, more difficult competition. That'll put them head to head with Des Moines Menace, who just recently won 
the that uh, entire oh, wow. league and that are pretty consistently a really really good team. That that um, is a really nice play on team name, Des Moines Menace. It's like Dennis yep. De Menace. That's that's yep. wow. Um, is that is the what the Green Bay team? Bridget, help me out. Who else is in there? Uh, Green Bay, yeah, the Voyagers. Uh-huh. Um, oh my god. That's okay. I didn't mean, I put you on the spot, but I, I think the point is it's, it's going to be a lot tougher competition. They're not just going to cruise through like they did this year and get to the playoffs. Yeah, they're they're going to have to be, work hard. There's going to be more parity there. Than, um, yeah. Cause they were, what was Collins thread was really good. They've what yeah, lost three games in 38 or something and been outscored or have outscored by like double digits to two. Um, yes so yeah you have so, the, yeah it's so so my, my understanding is they're expanding right so they're, they're not leaving the mpsl they have a, they'll have a team that's right, right. yeah yeah so that so the second teams. team three so this the second team will be npsl um basically the squad that we saw go to madison um and then the futures will play and that's been a great program for what I've heard, the futures and seeing some of the future highlighted some of the futures getting, you know, playing time with um not only um US, USL but USL affiliate teams. I think that's that's great. For me, I can't wait till a futures program is developed for the girls' side because mm-hmm. there's much need and that could be a feeder program for, you know, just uh a lot of different other things, right? You know, and especially now we have, you know, St. Thomas as a D1. It could be some of that. And just overall, there's just so many great um, female soccer coaches that would benefit so much from an experience and opportunity like that. And I would love to have that, you know, happen. But um, back to uh, USL2, uh, are they yeah. in the Central Conference, right? Uh, I can't even remember now. I think it's a central conference and and I'm going, yeah, central conference in the Heartland division. So in the Heartland division, you have the Chicago FC United, horrible name. Um, (laughs) Des Moines Menace so far is, 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 uh, is winning right now. You have the FC Wichita, uh, the Green Bay Voyagers, the Caw Valley FC. Um, and where's that one? Uh, where is it? Yeah, that's Uh, okay. I'll look it up, but uh, and then the St. Louis Scott Gallagher. That's okay. that, that. There's a name. There's a name. They're like interesting. Uh, the Scott Gallagher. So Caw Valley FC. Um, let's see where do they play out of? Um, yeah, no, the last game was against the Voyagers. Their location. Where is their location? Uh, oh, uh, Lawrence, Kansas. Lawrence. Okay. So there you go. That's where they play. I mean. The, the cool thing that, that we were alluding to earlier, um, they're going to have three teams in three different, uh, three different leagues, which is, which is pretty cool to just watch the whole organization expand like that. So the, the first team in USL two, second team will stay in NPSL and the futures are going to, they kind of, they kind of do their own thing, right? They don't necessarily have like a league per se within, with, like within themselves. Well, no. UPSL is. Yeah. Oh yeah, UPSL. That's right. Right, but then it it works perfect for like you know we talked about developments and the lack of development of like you know academies and anything like yeah. that, or any kind of system like that. 
this is exactly that, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody can funnel up and down. You can funnel up and down. You can be able to, it just creates more opportunities. And it's going to even, you know, if anything, it it, it creates a, a much higher opportunity uh, for people to be, have opportunities to play and, and be seen, right? And so I think that's that's great. My only question is um, um, just the regardless of like, hopefully they'll determine who the coaches will be since adding another team means you have to add another coach. And I hope Coach Matt stays with um, wherever he wants to stay because I, I really like Coach Matt. And so, and he's nice to me, even though sometimes he doesn't return my texts. But, um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, overall, I mean, yeah, I mean, between between Matt and you have Tori as well. Yeah, and... Coach Tori is my favorite. You know, I'm biased. Yeah, Coach Tori yeah. is my favorite. So, so yeah, yeah Matt, you didn't cool hear thing. that. <laughs> Congrats to a Minneapolis City Chiefs. <laughs> um, this is a bit of a throwback to already a, a week ago, but I, I just put it in here because it was classic and it was it happened after we recorded. Of course, um, Keith was interviewed uh, post match, and just we don't have to spend too much time on it. But the thin skin of basically uh, going on about oh the demise of Minnesota United is probably not as great as some people think. Unquote. Just you just don't have to go there, man. I mean, I don't even want to spend time on it because unless one of you guys want to respond, it's just so frustrating. It's the same. It's the same Heath. Here's, here's your interesting thing, right? Yeah. Um, um, Bridget and I have shared text conversations in the aspect of like, sometimes we get the tap to be on the uh, extra time Twitter spaces every once in a while. And so I got the tap uh, last week. Um, and when I was talking to Andy Weeby, like for like, you know, three, four minutes of like Twitter space time, like he's, he actually asked me this and asked me, he's like, mm-hmm. it's like, he's saying that you're, you, you know, you, that everyone's thinking of a failure. No one wrote them off. We didn't write them off. Did you write them off? I was like, I was like, look, people had high expectations from what, what was last season. And like, and apparently those high expectations aren't, it's like, it's what, what's, I said, what's it? What's visible and knowable now is that without our attacking three, we are just a mediocre team. And, that's and the it. thing is, like, Heath is the one who set those expectations. He's the mm-hmm. one who said that anything right. less than hardware is a failure. Right. So, so we'll see, right? I mean, this is yeah. this is perfect uh, bulletin board thing. So, you know, like, if the loons get hardware, then he shuts everyone up. If they don't, this is something to to look back onto and be like, well, you know, this is the season is a failure in a sense, right? I mean, I mean, and like me and Eric have followed, you know, we have the curse of following uh, teams that you know have won, lost, disappeared, reappeared, roller coaster, non-stop roller coaster, roller coaster. emotions <laughs> for like you know 40, 50, decades. 60, 100 yes. decades. It doesn't matter. Like yes. we're in it. We're in it to be miserable because we like misery. Yeah. <laughs> that's well said. <laughs> and so like that's 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 another part of the, the thin skin about uh you know fans in the aspect of it as well, too. It's like he's like, you know, it's like some of you are hardcore fans and I love that and you're in it to it to in it, but some of you just like to get your beer and sit in front of the TV and just yell at something that you oh, can yell oh. at. And that's that's okay too, but just know that this is going to be a long haul and as much as you may dislike and dislike what's going on, you know, it's like you, 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 you got, you can voice your opinion. Just make sure that when you voice your opinion, including coaches and staff, you know that other people can voice their opinion about your opinion as well too. So. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, speaking of, I guess that's a good segue for opinions. Um, th this, this ties into more, but uh, more vaccine pressure from supporters. Uh, Bridget, I got you in here, um, basically talking of, of Capo weren't a good boycotting strategy. They were talking about now a spending boycott, um, not purchasing anything uh, at matches and, and seeing if that is another way of applying pressure. Um, there, we'll, we'll talk more about this as we move through, but um, thoughts on that, Bridget? Maybe I'll, I'll throw it to you since uh, you responded. This came from Bucket Hat Brigade. Yeah, so, I mean, and to be clear, it, not having capos wasn't a boycott decision. It was a safety decision for um, the volunteers, the capos. Uh, I used that, the yes. word boycott in this tweet because so many people were considering it a boycott and a worthless, ineffective boycott since people were still there, even though they weren't on the capo stand. Um, but yeah, Buckethead Brigade said, well, why don't we actually do something that uh gets them to listen gets the club to hear us which typically is not not giving them any more of your money um so he initiated the spending boycott in the stadium uh, and again i mean we've seen this before this was a red loons uh tactic in 2019 with the iron front issue um and it did help uh there was a bit more conversation following that um, and I saw more tweets after last night about, you know, the, the one thing that will get them to listen is going to be not giving them more money. They need to see, um, they need to see what those differences are. So, yeah. Right on. Yep. Um, again, we'll, we'll come back to this in a bit here. Um, I've just got to organize by the, like a timeline <laughs> um not much to say about this other than i know you're sad rodrigo so i'll give you luchi bye bye Hasta la vista. i cried literally like i had tears in my eyes um and the wonderful people at the mls call up promised me because he's on tweet that they will have some sort of like highlights of luchi's fcd career in one of these upcoming shows because I like tweeted at them. I said, Hey, can we have like a top five Lucci moments during his era? <laughs> I was like, top, top five outfits. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's because that's what <laughs> you know, that's why if you don't, if you don't listen to the MLS call up, if you get a chance to, it's great to just listen to when you're driving. It's like literally having two other friends having a conversation about just really random soccer stuff, but like with insight. So, um, I wish we get the clout and I wish we would get the guest, but uh, you know, that's, that's a dream still that we that we have, and so, um. You know, it's it to me. I I knew he was on the hot seat, you know, um, but I also thought that because um, they were able to sell players and repool this, and with the with this reemergence of Pepe or the full emergence of Pepe, it it be enough for him to be able to keep his job, but it wasn't. And for me, it was like. We've had him, and then we had Juarez who left, right? So that's two former uh, Thunder players um, that no longer um, are. Well, I think Juarez went to Seattle, right? Is that, is that right? Is he an assistant coach at Seattle? I think so. Want to? Yeah. Yeah. Someone yes. looked it up while I. Yeah. Uh, someone looked it up while I'm talking. But anyways, 
but also the person that stepped in for Pepe is also a former um, Thunder player or Thunder affiliated um, history thing. And so for me, it was like it's it didn't really make sense. Like if I were to look at and we can talk about this later on, it's like Houston is a horrible team. Right. And the many times I've seen Houston play this season after the first game, I was like, maybe they had a bad game. There's no, you know, and then after this, the other games I've seen them play, I was like, Christian Ramirez was a smart, smart man, a smart human being to find a way out of that, to be able to get some playing time and to be able to get some exposure in, in, in a different situation, right? Like, he must have seen this coming. Right away too. Right, yeah, he yeah. must have seen this coming. Like, I don't know. Get, well, the getting is good. I exactly. Think, yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because the fact that Ramos still has a job, I don't understand that at all. Like, if you're looking at performance base, like, Houston is the worst team in the league. <laughs> and, you know, yesterday, yesterday's game proved more of that, you know? Uh, and we'll talk about that later on, but it's just yep. I I didn't get that. I'm sad. I'm still sad. This um, this is the Rodrigo subtext is Heath out, Lucci in everybody. Uh, Hashtag <laughs> Lucci in. Don't 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 play with my emotions. It's still raw. <laughs> um, let, let's talk a little bit of of League's Cup here. So we we had the final. Um, Seattle representing MLS, Leon representing Liga Miakis, and. Seattle actually had this match for a good portion of it. They were, they were up, uh, I believe it was one nil at halftime. And then a whole bunch more goals came flooding in in the second half and uh, late penalty, uh, late score by Leon. They, they end up getting this thing. Uh, they win three to two is the final. So Leon are the league's cup champs. I, I just got to watch highlights. I didn't get to see this thing live. I don't know if, if it, I, either of you watched it. Did you, uh, you get a chance. I heard that Rui Diaz, from what I understand, and even on that first goal, and I think he was involved in the second one as well. Uh, pretty generous. Like he he completely made that entire rolled on goal and made that play and set him up for the assist. Yeah, like he so should have scored. Kind of, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see him become like a playmaker and not just bury it. He's he's yeah. I think one of the things too is like like I was excited for this game just for the fact that you know um, if. We had a more concrete, complete team play a Mexican champion. You know, right now would be the Sounders, right? Like the most complete team that that we have right now, right? And people can make arguments about, you know, what what Vela would do with LAFC and all the different stuff. But right now, this is the most complete team, and so that's the thing that I um, that I was really excited about. Um, and they they were hustling and they played well. And after that first go i don't you know it's it's it came to literally a substitution right this the leon substituted i think two two players and you know it was a game changer and um that that speaks loudly on the aspect of like having money to spend right like like you can afford a dp that comes off the bench right <laughs> which in mls you can't Right, you can't have a D, you can't afford to have a DP come off the bench. Well, well, Ed, well unless you're Minnesota. Yeah, yes, you're Minnesota. <laughs> then you can have Ed, uh, you can have Unu come off the bench at the 70th minute, and and and, and yeah, but but have a, a DP that's game changing DP, and I think that's what happened. Yeah, right? and then they totally just, they were just caught off guard, you know, and they didn't have the substitutions. You know, Nico was um, um, 
getting he was out. His, yeah, his knee scoped out or, or, or other other stuff that's being done with his knees. Um, so there wasn't that that other uh, other other thing, the other player that you could put in there that could they could be a game changer in a sense, right? And you don't have Morris, right? The, those type of things. So so yeah. It was still lost, a good showing, but there was, was a good, a good showing. showing. I think, I think anything. It's always it leads to desire more, more, and hopefully this will lead to, you know, um, more MLS teams trying to adopt a different model and and being better at at, at you know spending their money and just you're don't just be teeing me up like you're 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 giving me all these great segues today. I love it. I don't even have to try. Um, league the league's cup future. I, I I'm really excited for this. I mean, let's be clear. It's a money grab. Uh, the, the, we've been talking about this for a while of the league MX and MLS eventually coming together and doing whatever they're going to do and with the world cup and blah, blah, blah. So they're going to make lots of money on the future of this. And now we have a little bit of a blueprint of what it's going to look like, which is really interesting. Um, I'll just lay it out and I'm curious to get your opinions. Bridget, maybe I'll, I'll go with you first, but this is how it's going to look. So we have incentive, first of all, all of a sudden, like in this first round, Cool, Leon wins. What happens? Nothing. They get a trophy. Great. And some money. They won't sure they get some cash. In the future, what's going to happen is there's going to be a pause in the summer between both leagues. And then there's going to be this flood of a tournament. Every single MLS team, every single Liga Miekis team, uh, single elimination, also cool, also exciting. And they're just going to like duke it out to basically get down to that final. And then Final three, this is this is what I think is most important. Uh, winner is automatically going to go to a CCL round of 16, and second and third uh, automatically get CCL qualification. So you're actually playing for something. I mean, this is very much like kind of a South American Copa do Brasil, Copa wherever, that, that lands you into a Libertadores position, that kind of a thing. Um, so, um, yeah, it's – Bridget, I'll throw it to you. How, how, how do you think about it? What do you – what do you think about this uh, this new format? It'll be as as a fan. It'll be interesting to watch um, and to have another tournament that uh, will actually get them somewhere. And there's you know there are there's more than breaking rights involved. Is good to see. Um, it does, even though they're taking a pause in the MLS action to do this. It is one more thing that's just going to be extra taxing on the players, though. Um, and I've seen a few players uh, speak up about that and say, like, this this is great for the league um, in terms of the pocketbook and uh, front office clout. Um, but for the players, it's not a great situation. I mean, they, they enjoy playing U.S. Open Cup because it's – you know, different teams that you wouldn't normally normally be playing. And it's going to be the same for this. These are clubs that you wouldn't normally be seeing other than like an exhibition game. Um, aside from the, the league's cup as we know it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great for the leagues in terms of visibility, in terms of money, um, in terms of growth of the league to look more familiar to people outside of the U.S. Um, whether it will actually be a positive thing uh, to play out, that that remains to be seen. Um, mm -hmm. But they're determined to, to move ahead and start 
with that format in 2023 and we'll see how it goes those are really good points um i especially the the idea of maybe a little bit of conflict and shock with the u.s open cup that's that's a good that's an interesting yeah potential dilemma interesting where did it go um I think I have to sit on it and see how it plays out. My main concern is um, it's just player exhaustion. Like we've 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 talked to me and you, Eric, talked about how like in South America or at least in Brazil, it seems like players get no rest whatsoever, you know, and that leads to injury and that leads to burnout and that leads to a career ending faster. And though I applaud and I want to be able to see other teams from other countries contribute and be part of a major tournament. And that way we get to look at all the amazing kits and, and see what, which ones will support more, which ones we like more and just, you know, be able to watch them play and, and, and try to achieve the impossible for some of these teams. It's, it's, it's always a great storyline. It's one of the reasons you love watching football is, is for that. But I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about how this is the logistics of this is going to work specifically and, you know, when this is going to start 2023, right? Yeah. So, you know, looking looking to see where we're at with COVID at that time, right? At the way I mean, that we, we are. Yeah, yeah we've, we've had the past year um, looking at all of the pauses for international duty um, and not always pausing for international duty. So it's not exactly the a like for like. Um, but we've seen what that's what that's done to players, you know, having those delayed qualifications for World Cup, delayed qualifications for the Olympics. Um, we, we've seen what this kind of schedule does to our teams. So it's, it's going to change the way they play when. Right. You know, in just league play. Yeah. And I think in, in league players, it's going to be a game of what what's your depth willing to do and so now you really have to and now the conversation of bringing a dp striker or a dp player off the bench becomes more and more of a necessity than it does a a a, a leisure right or mm-hmm. something you can afford to do um because you can you can flaunt it and i think that's one of my main things also there's a more growing more growing uh, attitude you know just like the epl is doing of um restricting travel for certain players that are with, with countries that are, are red listed, right? I, I'm not saying that that's an, uh, a policy that each league should adopt, but it's not out of their range to do, for them to do so. And if that, if that policy just grows worldwide, then we really come into um, uh, a really strange situation that we're going to try to navigate. And I just think it's just going to be chaotic in all types of sense. And I think that's one of the things too that that, that we are going to. Um, I mean, it'll be great for for shows and podcasts like ours because we talk about all the drama of like <laughs> someone from you know I don't know someone from some other country sneaking in, going to quarantine in another country and then coming in and then having some health officials storm in at the at the last minute in the field <laughs> and kick him out. You know, I mean that's that's great TV for us, but um, but not so much for for the the long live of, of the game. And I think that's my main concern is just how is this going to work and how are you going to secure, yeah. you know, the, the player's health in some sort of sense. And as well as like, where does it rank, right? Um, in an MLS, M- M- an MLS uh, format, like, right, you want to you wanna win the MLS Cup, but is that better than winning 
the league's cup or is it better than winning uh, yeah right you have to be able to rank us you know you champ you know usl cup right you know all this type of stuff open cup where are you going to rank your priorities of what you want to do and so it's going to be a very logistic change for a lot of teams and i'm hoping that by 2023 right we will you know, COVID will just be another um, shot we all get in the arm, right? And um, right, and 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 a type of things, but um, we don't know yet. So, yeah, and we we've seen all the logistical challenges just between the U.S. and Canada, who are kind of on the same level in terms of you know vaccination and precautions, um, and then getting into Mexican teams is going to be a whole other. That's a whole other story. Uh, that's very true and and we've we've seen it with with the current leagues cup some of the teams coming in and and um the champions league as well so it's yeah that that aspect is definitely going to be interesting because i'm sure wherever we're at with covid there's still going to be some precautions in place it's not you know it's not going to be totally gone so well, we'll keep you uh, updated, listeners, and I know we'll, all three of us will be uh, paying attention as well as, as these things kind of move forward. Um, we had some matches on Wednesday. I'll just go through them quickly here. Nashville gets a big win, 5-1 over into Miami, probably solidifying them not getting to the playoffs. Uh, New England rolls 3-2 over Chicago with a B or C squad, if I'm not mistaken. They rested a lot of people. Um, and then Red Bulls and NYC tie. Um, Got to mention this. Charlotte FC apparently made contact with the one Luis Amarilla, <laughs> which is just amazing. Just kind of feels like a, uh, you know, I don't know, slap in the face, kick, kick in the stomach uh, to Minnesota United. It's just, what are you going to do? Good on them. The one that got away might be heading there. This is a hard one to react to. This is a very sore spot for a lot of, uh, a lot of I'm like, sure like people who are invested in, in like, what do we really need a DP striker or like, how is we going to find a striker, right. That yep. fits into the system. And if there was anyone that had the most promise that we've had besides, you know, when Ramirez was around and all that stuff, it was, it of was course. Luis Samarillo, right. I mean, he was, yep. he was well on, on track to those 25 goals he promised, which we all thought was a absurd number. Um, but I mean, he knocked a couple in and chipped away at that in the, what, two two games he played? Yeah, two. I think, I think that's right. Yeah. And then so. he also played during the Bubble Cup, which we should be yep. called. Yeah. You know, we call it yeah. Bubble Cup. And I think um, I, I found – I don't know if you guys saw this on the uh, on the Twitter account, but I found the perfect gif for it where it's like the, the two Kung Fu guys and the one guy just repeatedly kicking the other guy in the nuts. <laughs> It's like yeah, kind of, kind of sums it up. <laughs> and he's been playing well. I mean, like fourteen goals in twenty-seven appearance. I mean, who wouldn't we like to have fourteen goals? And of course, of course. It's just, it's just you know, it's like the one that got away, and we never understood the behind-the-scenes aspect of it, right? Like, because he had surgery here, and we're like, well, if he's having surgery here, that must mean they must have some sort of conversation because you wouldn't want to do a rehab here. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Eventually, it led to any nothing, and so. That that's a disappointing thing. I mean, from what I understand, we own the rights to Lisa Maria, I think. And so I if they have to so, talk yes. to us, if Charlotte's really interested, they're gonna to have to talk money to us to be able to release the rights or have some sort of different agreement. But um 
I mean, I, it, it's up to Amarilla. I mean, if he really wants to, I mean, the numbers have to be right. I think, what was the numbers for him to be here? Was it, was it a couple mil, right? I think, or? Sounds right. So I think so, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's, um, we'll see what What's, happens. Once again, put it in the column of the long tradition of players from here going elsewhere and having incredible success. So we'll, we'll, put, we'll do a placeholder on that one. Um, I will throw it to both of you on this one because I don't understand all this story. I just thought it was great telenovela Minnesota style here, a little little Univision a las ocho. Uh, the previous home match, apparently, dude that works for the, the Timberwolves, pretty high up. I can't even remember what his actual job was. Um, but anyway, he's, he's a general manager, right? I thought is that right? Wasn't... Okay. Like the, I, the president or something. Uh, yeah, well, go, go ahead and take it because it's, it's just kind of, it's wild. Telenovela. Uh, I've been trying to stay away from it because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um, well, if <clears throat> the simple yeah. story, I'll just break the, the quick picture is he's out. He's watching the match at Allianz. He's not with his partner, wife, whatever. And uh, he's with another person. It's consensual, but they're making out in the, in the private box and somebody takes a photo and kaboom. <laughs> okay. And I mean, from what I've read, that was the, uh, the straw, the final straw um, in terms of many other things. Uh, and apparently there's a lot that happened behind the scenes that we haven't all heard about yet. Okay. Um, I've seen quite a few reporters actually come out and say, yeah, we all tried to tell you that it wasn't all like kumbaya, like everyone thought it was behind the scenes. Like there, there was some re like weird culture created by that man. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting moving forward between uh, with him gone and Arod and uh, what's his name uh, on the ownership without him. Um, so we'll, we'll see what direction they go now. I just find the interesting and funny part of this that, that Minnesota United gets like pulled into the telenovela in this kind of way. <laughs> it's wild. I mean, I'll say it, and like I said it on Twitter, this is the this is the Kevin Garnett curse, right? The fact that you didn't sell the team to Kevin Garnett, this is what happens. Uh, you know, these are all the different things, and and I'm like, I feel so like. Like one of the first loves I had when I came to Minnesota because like soccer was something that you didn't play on regular fields was playing basketball. And so like I became um, I became a, a, a Timberwolves fan for, for reasons. Um, but just, you know, I don't really care for the team that much anymore. I got excited when Ricky Rubio came back because that's the only Spaniard person I ever cheered for in my life. Um, um and you know, have him be in basketball, but like, um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, I don't really care. So, <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of a couple of the individual guys, like Carl Anthony Towns. I will, I'll, I'll die on that hill. But, hmm. um, yeah. Otherwise, it's it's just a strange situation all around. Indeed, indeed. Uh, let's switch to the Gopher women. They are rolling still. They they played earlier in the week on Thursday. Um, comeback rally at uh, Ohio State. They were down 2-0 and came back to win this thing 4-2. Pretty impressive. 
Um, they remain, I didn't put the standings up here. I think they're second in the conference. They, they only have one loss, um, a handful of ties and like three or four wins, if I'm not mistaken. So they're doing really well, having a really, really good season. And I have not yet had the chance to make it down to the, the stadium there, but I hear it's, it's quite a party. And then at one of these, one of these points, I might think about doing that. Okay, should we jump to uh, recent Minnesota United as of yesterday? Um, so going back to the supporters and um, the vaccine and or test uh, mandate, there was actually a meeting with the SGs and the team. Um, I don't have full insight on it. Uh, Bridget, maybe I'll throw to you. you if there's anything you want to contribute, I, it didn't seem like it was extremely productive because not a lot happened, but uh, please. What came to that discussion? Uh, and essentially, the the points that the team made um, in response to these requests for further precautions um, were that they they were worried about the people who don't feel comfortable showing their vaccination card um, because of personal information. Um, they don't want to alienate those people. They don't want to alienate other, um, presumably, the casual fans who. Uh, don't believe in all of this. Um, don't believe in science. <laughs> or, which is personal you know, responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know a few people who will just use like that blanket. Well, I just don't believe. So, okay. Um, there was also, I got a little more insight from from a couple of people that, um, so they tried to, to like negotiate down to like, how about a mask mandate or something? And, but they still said no. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of those groups are angry that they're prioritizing the seats over anything else. One of the things that they cited was that when, I mean, we keep talking about how Portland, Seattle, all of the Canadian teams, partly by law, but also, you know, just in general, have have required this and things have turned out okay for them. Um, supposedly, the Timbers had a like a 30% attendance drop when they enacted that. We don't know where that number came from. We don't know if that's the number of tickets sold. We don't know if that's the number of um, people who actually scan their tickets and attended, uh, or any of the other factors there. Um, but the bottom line that came from the meeting was that they're more worried about the, the money than the prospect of, uh, protecting everyone who comes to games. Yeah. Which is not surprising, but it sucks. Not good to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, you're not surprised, right? I mean, none of us are surprised this is the take that they're going to take, right? I, I hate that, that I'm, so. I hate how little surprised I am. Yeah, that. I think I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And um, I think that's one of the things too, is just that there's money makes, money makes the world go around and that's the way they're going to take it. And um, 30 well, not for long we're we're yeah. when the crumbles of collapse there's there's yeah. a <laughs> there's a time limit on that i'll tell you that much well i mean <laughs> I, I i'm i mean it's like you know with the 30 percent drop it's just i don't even know if that number is real but um um or what validity of that number it is but is that i have questions about that is that 30 percent attendance or 30 percent people who did not 
to work and ticket, even, ticket members. Yeah. So like I mean, people this. people have asked those who are in the meeting, like, okay, but did you follow up on this number? Where did they get that? And for the most part, they were all too shocked um, that they were hearing this to, to really follow up on that particular point, which was <laughs> one of many, many reasons cited. Um, so they, I mean, when you hear things like that, you're not exactly in the mindset to be like, okay, so logically speaking, where did we get this number? Um, uh, I mean, logic. 24 hours later, here we are discussing it, but right. you know, we've had the night to kind of think over like where the catches in that are. Um, but yeah, I mean, they seem to be happy with, we saw how empty the stadium was yesterday compared right. to it was announced as a sold out crowd, but that was tickets sold, not seats filled. Uh, the wonder wall, I saw estimates. We, the cameras were very careful not to show much of the wonder wall last night on the broadcast. Um, they will spend a lot of time showing the wonder wall when it is packed, when the flags are waving, when there's smoke, there was none of that last night. Um, a little bit well well everyone's saying wonder wall because all the scarves are up and it looks more full and exciting when yep. that's happening than it does at any other time um but those empty seats were all paid for so i mean where where you draw the line between taking precautions and and personal responsibility um which again in a public health crisis it's it's not simply personal responsibility it's responsibility to society and your community around you um and i could go on about that forever and have on twitter um so i won't do too much of that here but it's well said um, and, and, and you're a very good source for it too because you're you're directly um you're, you're living it you're we, we talked about this on the other episodes as well that uh you know it's one of the reasons that you don't feel comfortable attending so right you're living it. Um, well, there you go. You were you were there. Neither Bridget nor I were, were at the match yesterday. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I wasn't there, and I don't want to speak on it with authority because I can't. That's not fair. Um, but I, there was some tension <laughs> in the Wonderwall. Let's just maybe say it like that. Uh, most of the SGs continued not to um, have their their capos out there for their safety and the protection. One, however, uh, decided to ignore that and put people out and they, they did their thing. Um, led to, uh, I, I was basically catching up on Twitter this morning and just be like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> so any comments, uh, Rodrigo, since, since you were there? Um, I mean, I think one of the things that needs to, needs to be talked about because someone I, I i brought a friend who had never been to well they hadn't been to um, a soccer game in a while and so like one of the questions was like well why is there only one section you know have like someone with a flag and the capos and the other two empty and so like we had to have a conversation about um not only a mask mandate but like you know the vaccine mandate that, that the majority of the um supporters groups are trying to implement or trying to uh, get the stadium to implement and it's it's um it's unfortunate that you know as 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 close of a community that you want to say this supporting group is ours like there are, there are folks who just don't really see it that way 
and and don't want to be associated as that way that their first role right is to support their team and do whatever it is um and that's unfortunate that people don't see this as a as a community aspect of it right like like soccer is not just a sport that we watch it's a sport that creates community and the community is important and the safety of its community and its members who are volunteer in a sense to be able to be capos it's it's important i don't you know i and and i i i fully support that idea and i think it's it's that and yeah i mean it was from when i was there like usually my section there were um you know usually extremely full there was at least two rows in my section that were empty right and um you could tell there wasn't a full stadium and you could tell that you know people weren't going and and um and and i think that's and i you know we didn't really do a lot of us that were there at least i didn't you know use my use my scarf or nothing like that i would just watch the game and just had a conversation about stuff but it's just it's just unfortunate that it can't come to an agreement or you can't you can't what's the right word you can't agree on common sense i guess that's my right thing. yeah yeah right and i think that's and that's and that's fine like you're, you're entitled to your own opinion or whatnot or you whatnot but it, it's got to be such a it has to be a, a such selfish gotta stop being a selfish culture in a sense and just trying to be more you have to recognize that your opinion has an effect on other people right the the meme that's been going around for the last 18 months that we can disagree about pepperoni or sausage on your pizza but you cannot disagree like a simple disagreement is not something like uh all lives matter versus black lives matter or you know covid is real um right. things like that like that's there's an opinion and then there's you know actively harming um one of the arguments that i saw was these guys are playing we are here to support these guys let's just support our team and forget about all the other stuff um the big thing with that is these players are there to do their job they're doing their job they appreciate having fans behind them, but they also, I mean, they've been active in their own ways. Um, and I mean, we, there's, I'm sure there's one or two who, you know, fall on that side where for precautions and, you know, don't worry about that. But for the most part, I mean, they, they want the supporters to be um, actually supportive one of the things that they appreciate is that the supporters are so active in the community and how can we do that if we're spending all of our time arguing about this um and saying that you know if you're asking for precautions and if you're boycotting something then that's a shot against the guys who are playing it is not and i will assure you that the players are not thinking god will they will they just shut up about precautions and cheer for us no, that like that's maybe one or two people that might go through their heads at some point. I'm not going to speak for the players, but judging from conversations um, that I've heard and had with people who play the game and have been playing the game through the last 18 months on and off in a bubble, out of a bubble, this, I mean, they don't want you to come there just to you know, they don't want you to throw everything by the wayside just to support them. 
Yeah. You know, there's there's some bigger purpose to our support than that. So, I think that's very well said. Yeah. And I mean, every, every we always talk about, you know, you can't tell anyone how to support or there, there's no right way to support, but there are priorities. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's what we'd be looking at. Yeah. That's, wow. That's, that was, that was brilliant, Bridget. And I, w- I was just going to tie that into what we saw during the uprising and the formation of black players for change and everything like that it, it took the players coming together and listening, com- having conversations with supporters, everybody else to kind of build this movement. And I, I can't, I can't predict that something similar will happen here, but to what you were saying, knowing that the players are, there is some form of solidarity there that they, at least a few of them will probably just be like, Hey, what's happening? Why is this happening? And once they start getting involved and start trying to have a dialogue with the coach in the front office, then things are going to start to probably happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's also, there's also the danger that it's going to be like the, uh, like the NBA players association where there's a whole lot of anti-vax going on and Mm -hmm. um, disagreements there. MLS has not really had that discussion yet in terms of mandatory vaccination among players. Well, I'm sure they're having the discussion, but there hasn't been anything like super formal about whether they will or won't do that. Uh, the league does have a higher percentage vaccinated, I believe, that's some, than some other sports leagues, like, say, yeah. the NBA. Um, but, I mean, saying that someone who is not taking precautions and who doesn't feel safe is not supporting their team is on the same plane as the people who say that criticizing the team means that you're not a good supporter when i mean we've we've all talked about it here criticism is you know a big part of being a supporter like you we're not just fair weather fans where we hop on the bus you know like we're, we're going to be active in this conversation and these issues. And that's exactly what this is. And um, sure, there's there's a lot of talk on Twitter that could, and time spent on Twitter that could probably be better used, you know, actually like trying to, trying to make a change, doing other things rather than just arguing about it. But um, yeah, the whole thing is just ridiculous. If you want to just summarize it there. Well, that's real. I, I appreciate your candor. Thank, thank you. Um, Rodrigo, your buddy uh, Corey <laughs> wants to uh, Lord of the Rings you here. Please compare various MNUFC SGs to groups in Lord of the Rings. Who is Gondor? Who is Rohan? This is all you. Jeez. Um, um, how many supporter groups do we have? Like registered? Three officially recognized Red Loons, Dark Clouds, True North Elite. Uh, because we have, you know, we have dwarves, hob- hobbits, orcs, trolls, elves. Um, <sighs> seen the Don't movies. take too much time. We're getting long here. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just want to say that, you know, the elves at the beginning didn't, didn't want to have this fight, right? And then eventually at the end, they kind of came in. So I would put that what uh, seems to be the current uh, supported group that seems to be not wanting to work with the common sense ability. I think um, that would be my best bet. 
I think I think Red Loons is more like of the dwarves type of like that, and the little guys who who pack a punch. Emily, there you go. With those, um, I think dark clouds are are. Uh, uh, if anything, they're more. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think more of the. The, the the human camp and the aspect of it they you know they 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 usually mean well they will do what needs to be done but they're also the majority in that sense so that's you know like they they they, they what when they do something it, it really reflects onto that and you know I, and i love a lot of dark clothes people so i think that's probably what we're trying to figure out and then do that um, but i think that's the way i would break it down i mean I mean, if we and were going to go evil, if we we're going to go he, evil, I was going like, to say, Heath is the orcs. eye. Heath is the eye of Sauron. Uh, <laughs> kinda, yeah. <laughs> I just don't know who be burying the ring. That's what I want to know. I was like, that's amazing. But, yeah. Send us listeners. Give us more. I, let's do Lord of the Rings deep dive. Why the hell not? Bring it in. Um, let's let's get into the match from yesterday a little bit. Uh, Minnesota, Houston, Rodrigo um, was there. Uh, Bridget was watching. I was celebrating, so I was not, but I got to catch some highlights. Um, boy, similar to the last match, we had a very quick goal. I think this is actually the record fastest goal um, under a minute. I, I put, I marked it at a minute, but I think it was before uh, the minute. It was like the 52nd second, and yeah. Unu's goal was faster in Portland, but under under a minute is still okay. Very, I mean, very damn fast. This is a good thing when we're comparing under a minute goals. Right. Yeah. yeah. Why not? It's beautiful. Um, uh, I, I was still, I was still composing my kickoff tweet when it happened. And I kind of just <laughs> deleted happened? the whole thing. Where I was like, okay, goal. I was, I was still walking seconds. through the stadium. At that yeah. <laughs> when yep. like, we're like, we're walking all of a sudden we hear this big old roar. I was like, Oh, must've scored. Must've been <laughs> Something us. Happened. Yay. We yep. scored against Houston. Thank God. Been there too. Um, Lude, Lude gets it in, but I mean, this is the again, Fragapane kind of making things, making amazing things happen. He splits the D completely, uh, and and Lude just picks it up from a really kind of strange angle. He hits it with the left foot, far post, with I don't know, it, it's it's like that geometry, uh, gif of all, all the angles and all the yeah. equations flying by because it's it was a it was a <laughs> like tight the, angle. The sh- the tightest angle you can make, like just skimming mm-hmm. that near post and into the back corner at the far post. Yes. Do you guys remember those PBS shows? Like when we used to come home from school and what wasn't there one called like this whole like Nova? a math one? I remember Nova. Yeah, but there was like a math one where like they had a bunch of yeah. kids who were like like we're dealing with like math issues and stuff like that. That's mm. what it reminded me of. Yeah. Like, and they do like weird little experiments and stuff. Right, too. right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like what happens if we fill up this balloon with X, Y, and Z. It was pretty so impressive. That's what happens. I mean, that's what happens. Lude, yep. you fill a balloon that's with exactly. X, Y, and Z. Lude hits a Lude hits a ball that you don't know why it went in. Yeah, so. it was good. So there they are. They're a great start, similar to last week. Um, anything between that goal and the seventeenth that, that you all wanted to bring up? There was just a lot of pressure. Like we were pressing a lot. And I think that's 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 always been our thing. It's like we always want we were a pressing team at the first half, and then the second half we just kind of sit um, mm-hmm. and more like a counter team. So my my two things about this game was like we talked about how Houston is horrible, and Houston is freaking horrible. Like, and you know the the reasons why they're that bad 
but at the same time, it was it was also like this should have been like a six two game, you know, honestly, like mm-hmm. like um, after uh, we we were pressing, we were doing well, we were we, we were getting opportunities, we couldn't finish right. Um, Tyler Miller looked bored for a second, right? The bossy and um, and boxy were you know were, were being physical with folks, right? I mean, it, the the referee. We've had this rev free before. It's 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 a flip of a coin what what they're going to do every time the a, a foul a potential foul happens. Um, but you know that that pressure was good. It kept on leading us to create opportunities and watching those top three folks up top just make moves in without the ball and one touch passes and, and making that that front of the 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 last defensive third of the other teams just be a chaos it's, it's so much fun to watch and that's exactly what mm-hmm. we need that's that's a good segue to the second goal i was gonna say do you want to take the uh the finley well yeah i mean at that point we're like you know there's a there's a pass into space and finley literally like cross bar our wrestle someone to get off the ball to get position and just hits it with 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 what he got and he didn't hit it all very well and was able to just bounce the keeper touches it and it bounces over the line. Didn't it hit uh, a defender too? I think it hit two. Uh, I, I, it, was like, it was like it was like a double know, deflection. We'll call it the JFK bullet theory kind and of goal. <laughs> it hit the post too. It goes it goes oh, wow. under the keeper's feet and just kind of dings off the post and in. See, huh. told you JFK theory. JFK theory. <laughs> you know. There you go. Yeah. Forfeit, forfeit. So goal's a goal though. There it is. That's that's exactly. two goals in yeah. twenty yeah. minutes. Who, how, how did, can you remind me how he gets that ball? Like, I, I remember seeing him get it and the chaos and, the, and everything you're telling me and, and the weird turn and he's like spinning as he shoots and all that stuff happens. How does it get to him? I, I don't remember that part. It, it was, was a build-up play from the middle. It was a cross. Okay. I thought it was like a, a it, was, it was a ball that was played into open space and he it, tried to get it. It might've been, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, either way. That was stuff there yeah. though. Goal's a goal. Two, two nil. Um, I, I don't start, I didn't get into this until like the second half. So between then and the rest of the first half, any, any quick points, I heard Miller starts to get a little bit more pressure and he's, he's kind of bouncing or he's, uh, standing on his head is what we say, right? He's, he's kind of holding the line and everything. Go ahead. Bridget. Well, our, our good old friend Quintero, uh, was causing some problems back there. He had a, oh, he had a couple of good shots. Um, the rest of their midfield was kind of coming together. Uh, so, yeah, he, he was finally facing some pressure. And there were some quite a few moments where we were up in that final third, had, had people in space, there'd be a turnover. Uh, they'd take the ball back. Boxall had a beautiful just little toe poke uh, to pickpocket this guy in, in the box. I don't remember who had it. It wasn't – it was not DQ. Um, but just I love like, those I love those subtle little moments. Those, those. Yeah, and he I he kind of looked at the guy like, see, that's what happens when you come into my box, and then just walks back up to the center <laughs> and they restart. Um, oh yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, so they yeah they they were starting to put some pressure on and and finding those gaps. Uh, yeah. For the most part, the loons were up to you know chasing those back and and being there. Right. I think that was one of the things for me is like once we were up two goals, like with like you know half hour into the game, we just got really loose. Our defending, mm-hmm. 
our, our marks, everything just came loose. And we just, we were giving them so much space. Yeah. And, you know, you could be a really crappy team, but if the, team, the other team gives you space, you're going to, you're going to be able to take advantage of that. And I don't know, like, what is going on with, like, Houston, but they took so long. They were so slow to, like, pull the trigger on shooting or anything like that that it was just, like, I mean, there was one point where, like, in the second half where, like, Darwin had the ball and really, like, 20 feet in front of him was just Tyler. And he took a sweet time. And instead of trying to, you know, maybe curl it around Tyler, you know, to he just shot it right at him. And then he got mad at himself. Well, he got mad because it didn't go in. And I was like, well, you shoot someone right at the ball. It's not going to, you know. Go That's, uh, yeah. His his first, like, three or four saves were basically him just, like, walking up and grabbing the ball. Yeah. Because they, <laughs> they just kept, like, dribbling right into him. And ah. and he's like, okay, yep, just I'm just going to take that. And, and let's and, go back the other way. Right. And that's where you want the bossy and boxy just being real physical to disturb whatever else they're trying to do yeah. in the box with her. But, but they, yeah. they created chances. I'm not saying Houston's a, Houston yeah, didn't have the chances and we gave them those chances. That's the problem. It's like, we gave them those chances. And so, but they also gave chances to us that we couldn't put away. Like, like Houston easily should have scored two goals. Right. But they didn't because this is Houston. Right. I mean, like you can't, the worst team in the league. They're, they're mentally not there anymore. A lot of the players just don't seem to be checked checked out this is what darwin's final this is darwin's like third game right this season i think because like he hasn't been, he was on the bench for the longest or in an injured and now i he's think it was like four or five yeah. but he hadn't i was surprised because I, I pulled up his stats i wanted to look at his stats at allianz in 2019 and versus how he was playing last night and i was surprised to see minutes for him in like the last five games for houston and like his name has not come up in discussion whatsoever right. in terms of like recaps of Houston um, for those five mm-hmm. games. I thought he was still on the bench. That's how, that's how quiet things have been in his midfield. Yeah. That every, everything you all are saying is, is kind of where I started to tune in and, and, but it also comes off in the 60th, I think six, 60, 61. He was not happy about it, but it's, it's good that I, I appreciate Heath in that regard that he's resting him and you know thinking about the long run here in, in this in this crunch time he um, also Heath also said it was partly because he was worried he could do another foul and then get oh yeah he had a yellow, sent right? off he was yeah and he was starting to get a little bit frustrated yes. rightfully so but he was you know those fouls he was warned a couple times even before yep. that yellow um and I think that credit was, where credit's that due. was part Good of call. his decision yep 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 um, but but yeah, the momentum starts to shift, and that's where I really started to look. Is shortly after he came off, is uh, Houston really starting to attack and press? And t- like Rodrigo said, uh, we were giving them those opportunities. We were giving them the space, and you know, luckily they held on. They they did their bunker thing, and it this time it worked. Um, yeah. Gasford to Finley, I got in the 75th. That was also a, a close one. The defense just barely cleared. Trap got a good shot off as well. And, you know, Trap had a couple of opportunities of like mm-hmm. literally having like a free shot and goal. Like there were yeah. the first one was close, second one. I so like when close. he does that stuff. Like I mean, he'll just do a quick scan and maybe he'll see a lane and just rip it. And he's like, great. Two it of was- those times was when Mentonier went in, and we've talked about how like Mentonier dribbles into the box, mm-hmm. and he just not crosses it, but like centers the ball back into the top of the eighteen and waits for someone mm-hmm. to be there. 
two of those opportunities that the trap had is because of because Metanier did that. And mm-hmm. I so want to see him do that more and more because you'll have a world trap up there. You could have a Hassani Dotson up there. And once that happens, if you get that someone that much space, one of these, I mean, Dotson is going to get one of those in or, or yep. Greg Wish mm-hmm. even like, or the rebound, that, right? Yeah. Follow your shot. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's the things that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think is like, I, I, I'd love us to see doing that more um, because that's going to come in so much handy mm-hmm. um, because when you dribble into the box, you attract attention. When you release the ball to open area, you have to make the defense has to be ready or not. And it's just one of those where like most of the times they're not. And you gotta and you and you take your shot. And so like I think that was great. To me, um, you know, uh, I know I know the bossy came out because he might have had some sort of like uh knock. And so that was, you know, seeing seeing that substitution. I thought Jacory did a decent job, you know, and he was given more yeah. of a time when he came in for Reynoso. So I thought he did an okay job. And you know, I think he mm-hmm. he filled in when he needed to and he did some of the defensive work. Um, that he that he was assigned to. I also thought Chase had a had a decent game. Um, he was more in the attacking minded, but if you're not attack minded against Houston, you really are in trouble. Um, and so, like, I, I understood that part. But like for me, like besides boxy goals and um, Reynoso goals, like I celebrate the crap out of like you know. Finley goals, and I think Finley's work rate the last couple of games has been superb. Yeah, there was two a play. Games good for him. There was a play in where like Houston was just bombarding us with crosses, and one of those crosses got past Miller, and it was a low, and it was similar, not a high cross nor a low cross. It was in the middle, and there was a Houston player running right at it, and out of nowhere, like a speeding bullet or a fast cheetah, here comes, here comes. Uh, here comes Finley and literally dives to head the ball out of bounds at full speed. And to nice. me, like, to me, that's, that's player of the match for me. Yeah. Someone yeah. who does that kind of work is willing to be able to do that work and, 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 and making a really good argument for, for a new and started on the right uh, really, really is really, really is solidifying his place in there and well-deserved. So that's a good point. Okay. So final is two nil get get the points. That's great. Uh, to that, let me throw this at you guys. So Hunu comes in as a substitute uh, for Fragapane. Is is this the way the situation is going to be? I mean, it just seems, I just put here, it's so hard to break the four horsemen, the way things are moving right now. Um, is, is he the super sub DP guy? Is, is that kind of what the role is going to be? Or is there a way for him to still be a part of that? No. Of that four? Go ahead. There, there's no way he breaks into that four, to be honest. But it, 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 the only way this works is if like Finley needs um, time off or they want to save him or whatnot, and then he plays on the right. Because we've talked, we, we've heard it and seen that the experiment of Anu as a second striker and a creator type of sense hasn't really fully been engaged. But if you have Lute up top, Ray under him, Fragapani on the left, and Anu on the right, then you have the then you have the flexibility to be able to do that. But I just. You know, I, I can't I can't fault uh, Heath for for putting uh, Finley out there for the work rate that he's doing and and the commitment and all the running and, and trying to engage in those and those runs. It's it's what you want to see, and so 
I don't, as for me right now, Anu is a super sub. And I'm okay with that because when he comes in for Finley or he comes in for someone else, he brings in energy, right? And there's been opportunities in other games where he's been close to scoring or he's been close to setting someone else to, to score, right? And if he comes in for Finley or if he comes in for Lude, it gives you that flexibility, right? Finley can still be out there. Ray can still be out there. Um, it gives you more flexibility in what your attacking-minded uh, uh, players will be in what position, so. And he's dynamic enough that it's going to keep the other, the other side guessing. I mean, if you if you start Uno and then you put in, uh, you replace him with Finley or Lude for some reason if he's on the bench or uh, we've seen Dotson up in that front role as well. Those guys, every everyone knows what basically what to expect with those combinations, but no one really knows with Uno yet. Because he can play so many, so many different roles fairly well. Um, I think the the big thing, one of Heath's quotes last night was, "Good players like to play with good players, and then they're better." <laughs> and that was his big thing in response. <laughs> yes, good players like to that play is, with good players. That, that is his quote. <laughs> Good this players play with good players. I'm making that into uh, a t-shirt. And I that's, swear I am making that to a t-shirt. And that's, that's why that front four works as well as it does, um, which is a, a bit of a shot at his other guys like Unu, who is sitting on the bench. Um, the guy that you're, you know, really trying to sell up so much. Right. Um, but <laughs> what was I going to say on that point? Um, I mean, they're, they're scoring. He's not, he's not going to change that unless he gets, unless one of them ends up in the dock house. Like we've, we've seen it before. Same, same thing, different day. Knock on wood. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna stick with that as long as it works. Let's do a quick wrap here. Um, and then take a break and wrap this thing up. Um, so MLS on Saturday, uh, Philly gets gets a win over Atlanta. I was actually talking to my cousin while he was watching it. <laughs> it's like, I don't think we're going to pull this one off. Sure enough. Um, New England keeps rolling 2-1 to over Atlanta. Columbus 2-1 to over Montreal. D.C. 4-2 over Cincinnati. Minnesota headed to D.C. for their next match. That'll be interesting. Uh, Colorado and Toronto tie 0-0. Thank you, Toronto, holding them. <laughs> um, New York Red Bulls, they had the New York Derby over NYCFC. Um, I'm going to skip this one because it's probably the most fun. We had Vancouver over Dallas and then Portland, a big one, six, six to one over Salt Lake. Just a, a smashing. I, I, I didn't get to see that it was a late game. But San Jose LAFC, I circled this one because this actually was a solid from San Jose helping Minnesota in the standings, keeping LAFC at bay. So um, good on San Jose there. But it just things are still extremely tight. If you if you all look at the table there, I put it in there. Um, SKC just a point above the Sounders, 46-45. Colorado also at 45. And then it's, it's just all super tight. Portland is fourth with 40 points. LA Galaxy plays today. Um, they're at 38. We're right behind them. Minnesota, six at 37. Salt Lake at 36. LAFC at 33. Vancouver, 33. San Jose, 33. So, I mean, this thing is still way up in the air as, as we have, what, eight games left? Is that right? I think so. Uh, Sounds about right. Eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, is, is like it's tight. 
and you know it's tight and who knows it might um it might come to um decision week right uh, yeah and then that's when it will be um time but i i think if it's any time to have your four horsemen back to be able to gain some points it's it's now i mean the last next couple of games are not easy i'm looking i'm looking forward to the one chopi derby uh, <laughs> i love it it has been baptized we go, we go straight from the Quintero and Dylan Wolpers to the one Chope Derby. Um, Mate and, versus Mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, I, I mean, those goals are going to be super important. Now we're, we're at a zero on goal differential. And yeah. a week ago, we were minus seven, mm. eight. Um, and yeah, Galaxy huge. right ahead of us is still at minus three. Portland, you with a negative. Yep. So I think that's going to play a bit of a role as well with this, as tight as things are at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, um, there was something I was going to add, but I can't remember. Oh, I was going to talk about Dunord's points thing. So uh, we're, th- this DC one will be the last one in, in, the, in this little section that he put together. And I, I pulled, I was being, what I thought was going to be very optimistic. And I said, seven, they have six points right now. So if they can go to DC and get that tie, I'm looking pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly. That's, so. I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough game, but a point is huge at would be really this big. stage. Um, yep. And I mean, DC is fighting that same battle as well. So yep. it's, it's going to be intense. I, I think it's going to be an, an all attacking game, which will be nice. Mm. This first part of the season was was mostly defensive battles. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the two of them playing uh, opposite is going to be hopefully an exciting game and uh, one point is going to be huge on either side. I appreciate your support, Bridget. You just want me to win the Dunord prediction. <laughs> I, I didn't even participate this time. I just kind of like watching from afar. So Yeah, I did I didn't either and I suggested negative three points and, and <laughs> Ouch man. And then uh Bruce Norris goes, That's not a valid entry, so <laughs> so it does not count. I will not well, take your entry. Let's and let's take like, a break, guys. Oh go I ahead. Said, I said Okay, the negative five. And then he's like, negative five. <laughs> not a valid entry. I was like, okay, Perfect. Uh, stick around. We'll do some internationals and we'll wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota football show. And welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota football show. It's international time where we talked about international soccer news and other international mishaps around the world. Um, let's start with... Um, with uh, well, I want to talk about um, Conca, not Concacaf, but I want to talk about um, I'm trying to leave at the doors, right? I think that's my one of the things that's going on right now because uh, Kyle Williams is also a leave at the doors watcher, which is really cool to have someone on the broadcasting booth that 
follows one of the things that I do. And we had like a little small announcing. Yeah, we had like a like a little conversation on Twitter asking us like, out of all the teams, which is the team that really is the Cinderella of them? And of course, um, when I asked him, I was like, I, I said, mine is Barcelona SC, which is from Ecuador. And he replied, exactly. And unfortunately, <laughs> Flamenco, you know, um, it's pretty safe to say that defeated Barcelona. I think it was 2-0 um, or at halftime was 2-0. I, th- I don't know what the full-time score of that is, but um, you know, it's 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 that late. We talked about how and you know players and players are getting tired and plays like playing and playing and playing at leagues. And this is another league that doesn't really never really seem to end as Libertador is. <laughs> so we're in this in this section where it's going to be really interesting what um what happens. Uh in other Libertadores news, right? Red Bull Bragantino um defeated Libertad, Club Libertad. Um and and we are in the aspects of trying to figure out what this will look like. You know, these are the semis of Libertadores. So um, that is the interesting um, part of this. So we'll see how much more and what else happens in the second leg. And then Premier League, um, Man City defeated Chelsea. I heard there was a blown PK in, in this game. Is that correct? I think there was. I missed was it, this, but I heard was that, that the as Aston well. Villa. Was, that, was that the Aston Villa menu game? I forget which one it was. It was one of those two games where there was a blown PK. I, and I, as you can tell, I'm not watching EPL that much at this moment. I believe it, I believe it was Man City. Okay. Man U lost to Aston Villa. Everton defeated 2-0 over Norwich. Leeds lost 2-1 to West Ham. Leicester 2-2 tied with Burnley. Watford and my Magpies tied 1-1. I didn't get to watch any of this game. Um, uh, but the uh, the interesting one was Brentford. The the killer bees of the EPL um, mm-hmm. tied, tied with Liverpool. So did you get to watch it, Bridget? I did. It was a it was a fun game to watch. Um which is not quite what I expected. I didn't, uh, I wasn't expecting a huge fight. I turned it on for background noise and I figured it would kind of be a boring one, but no, it was, it was a good time. Uh, they took advantage of every like little weakness in the Liverpool defense um, because they, they, the Reds do get a little bit lax at times when they're comfortable on goals. Um they took advantage of that. They, yeah, they were super fun to watch. It's the first time that they've played Liverpool since like 1930 something, 1938, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, a long streak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spent a long time relegated uh, and finally promoted. So to see them playing really well is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, I like whenever they weren't playing Liverpool, I really enjoyed watching Wolves because they played very similarly. It was always uh, kind of a, an exciting, um, exciting game plan, exciting performances. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the same with Brentford. I'll I'll be pulling for them when they're not playing against us. You know, I I'm a, I must say like um, they're doing everything right after being you know being able to play up. They yeah. they're a fun team to watch. They're um, their supporter section is very engaging and there's a deep history between that. And I think that's always yeah. a, a great thing to have. And they're just, you know, they're gritty. Like, you know, a lot of teams yeah. that get, you know, called up again, they're like, okay, 
Let's try to make sure we don't get relegated, right? Let's just stay in the middle of the table. Yeah. Let's not be in that bottom three. No, Brentford's like, F you guys. We're going <laughs> to just take everything. And so they're, yeah. And, and they're I mean, those teams, those teams, there's often like one or two players who are trying to carry carry the team. Um, but with Brentford, it's, I mean, each of their goals was a team goal. And like, I can't, I can't even be mad about it because each one was just incredible vision. They, they found the space, they made it happen. Um, they, I mean, they caught out Virgil van Dyke a few times, which is hard to do, uh, but they worked together and they, they really, they made it happen. They made it fun. Uh, Liverpool's goals were not much, much like Minnesota United, uh, ugly goals count too. Um, but yeah, that was a super fun game. And I really look forward to seeing more of them. This yeah, season. me too. Me too. Um, Brentford, uh, um, Brentford have been fun to watch. And uh, I kind of like that, you know, because if I can't watch my, um, my Magpies, you know, really, really <laughs> cough up a bad one. At least I can watch Brentford try to pick me up in some sort of sense. So that's always interesting. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Bundesliga uh, full-time scores here. Leverkusen one, main zero. Frankfurt tie with uh, Kohn, uh one one. Hoffenheim three, Wolfsburg one. RB Leipzig zero. Hertha BSC nothing. That's a that's an ouch waiting Oops. waiting to see um, um union berlin of course won over uh over armenia bielefeld uh, and block uh, gladbach sorry uh won over <laughs> dortmund i didn't get to watch any of these games if you did and you want to talk about it please hit us up on our twitter and we'll, we'll one of us eventually engage and, and figure out how this is but yeah if there's anything I'm, to i'm just to, putting in for uh, union Good on good on Union, big win. They're they're sitting pretty comfortably now in I think seventh or eighth. So, go ahead. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of those those other things too. In um, Bundesliga has always been my favorite league to watch. So whenever I get chance to watch, and I, the reason I don't get to watch a lot of these games because you've heard me saying that a lot is that it's fall soccer season, and it's Isa's uh, season, last senior season. So like I've been nonstop going to all the games and i've got to say that as there's a difference between being a parent in the stand and being a parent coach and uh right now parent in the stands is actually kind of fun um <laughs> and i'm enjoying myself you know because um uh, uh, you know i get to be i get to be the obnoxious parent that that um yell suggestions on the field and um uh, but not to the refs because i don't i don't demean them they have a hard job as it is anyway so but in other news, um, we talked about how Houston was bad. And we've talked about how a certain Ramirez was a genius seeing this coming down the line is, and wiggling out a, a release and wiggling out um, a way to be able to get over to Scotland. Ramirez scores again. Um, and I don't have a lot of the details. Virgil, were you able to find out at all? Uh, it was a header in the first half. I am geo-blocked from every video of said goal. Uh, the the descriptions make it sound like a brilliant, uh, beautiful goal. 
Um, but yeah, they were, I believe they were tied 2-1. Well, they were, sorry, they were tied 1-1. He scored to put them up 2-1 going into the half. Uh, the other side did manage to score twice, so they lost 3-2. Uh, but that was his sixth goal for the club in this, what, six weeks? I think our leading cool. scorer has like seven or eight goals, right? Yep. <laughs> so they are in Aberdeen's in seventh, by the way. I just looked it up. So they're they're uh, right behind uh, Celtic, actually. Oh, there and go. there's there's a tweet here that so they're on a little bit of a losing streak, um, and someone asked him if he was concerned about that. The quote is, he says, "I've been through losing streaks before, and you can get your." You can find your way out. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some New York. Oh. And it, and it does, like, it does describe, like, the the lull he is referring to is, like, 15 or 16 games that, that Houston lost while he sat on the bench and then and his time in Minnesota United. Um, that is, that's what I was feeling. Yeah. Ouch. So, yep. That's a major subtweet. <laughs> wow. I've wow. been through this before. It's fine. One of the funnest things to do on Instagram wow. is um, if you get a chance to, if you follow uh, Val, which is his wife. Yes. Um, her, her, um, what's the right word? Her acclamation to Scotland life. <laughs> and it's, it's really funny because there'll be like, like, I think one of the funniest things I laughed about because there's, there's a craze about pumpkin spice, right? And pumpkin spice <laughs> lattes because it's the season, right? And I get pumpkin yeah. is, is indigenous. Pumpkin is part of everyday life. You should celebrate part of it, but like, Pumpkin flavored coffee is just one of the things that drives me, irks me insane. And so it looks like Val went out to go get a pumpkin uh, type coffee drink. And when asking for one, one of the people, one of, one of the, the staff workers says, Oh, we don't do that here. That's an American thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure someone's going to mail her something that's uh, pumpkin yeah, spice related, I'm sure. But just I don't think Scotland has a. I don't think Scotland has a whole lot of pumpkins. Um, do, do they I have mean, a haggis coffee? Is that part of the game? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, a, a pumpkin spice latte is basically like cloves, nutmeg, and cinnamon. Like, there's no, there's no pumpkin involved. It's pumpkin, pumpkin spice, um, what you'd typically see in a pie. Uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, everyone thinks that we're crazy for going all out on the same day. Right. I just had some we made pumpkin scones this morning. There you go. Um no it's it's really fun to follow both of them and to see like the kids getting to experience all of this. Uh and his mom is there with them or was there with them for quite a while. Uh so they they would go out and do touristy things and Chris had posts about that and post the kids and yeah, the and kids are excited to to be at a stadium watching dad play soccer again. Yeah, so. and I, I think one of the things too is also um, if you get a chance to uh, the the Cooligans had him on an interview mm -hmm. not too far ago, and that was really insightful and it was really actually good, and and funny because they like cracking jokes on each other. But yeah, I mean, I think he, he from what we've gathered, he's he's really enjoying this part of the experience and he's taking it all in as much as he can. And the future is always uh, always open for him to what his next will be. But right now he's just enjoying time and enjoying the fact that he can do a lot of traveling out of Scotland to other places uh -huh. that they have bucket lists for. And so I remember they took a trip to a, or a plane to London, right? And and of other kind of other trips, you know. I I you know I'd be 
you know, if it was if I was in Scotland, I'd be, you know, I'd be, you know, hunting Nessie, right? That's what I'd be. <laughs> I, my weekends would be like I camp myself at the at the at the at the shore of, of the um of the lake and just you know with my with my GoPro and my millions of GoPros and cameras just have it sit there until something happens because that was my upbringing and that's one of my like all lifetime goals exceptions is, is, is to be able to witness that a- anyways yeah, yeah that's what i do i'm saying christian if you're listening i know you're not but you may be valid if you're listening you know just hook me up right like you know like <laughs> like I'm, I'm vaccinated i'm I, you know i got my passport you know i'll, I'll get my own tent I, I can i can live in the cold you know i can i can i can urge my inner minnesotan wilderness person and um just camp out for a second just throwing it out there but moving on and probably ending the near of um uh, of our show we always want to end in um uh, in a positive manner and i think one of the funniest things that happened lately was uh was something happening in concacaf and uh it looks like the vice president of Suri, Surinam, who's about what 60 or so years ago, He's right? 60 years old. Yep. Yeah, it played in a CONCACAF league against Olympia, right? Yep. And actually captained the team that he <laughs> owns. He did. So if you ever wanted to see anything that's more like Sunday league, beer Sunday league, men over 40, 50 league type of thing, this was the game to watch. And I was really impressed that there was no there was no video from this because I would have loved to, there be was- able to see this. There was like a 15 second video of him. Basically, I think the ball came by him and he kind of reaches for it. And then another guy gets it and he just kind of like shrugs and looks around like, eh, I tried. Uh, it looked it looked like how I felt when I was trying to like screw around playing futsal uh, with a broken foot. So. Right. This- and it, and it- I think it's the just, funny thing is, is that it's some know, high and, level coffeeness. Yeah, and 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 if you look at like if you are from, you know, other parts of the United, outside of the United States, having an owner play type of thing, I mean, it seems such a big deal, right? But uh, but it is a uh, it is a investigation happening, right? In in and at isn't the moment. did I read his son plays for the team too? That oh, why wouldn't not? be surprising. Because, because if so, that's that's just kind of a funny switch of I mean, we talk about kids getting favoritism all yeah. the time. And then it's like, eh, my dad's gonna play. Let's let's 180. We we need a body. Let's bring let's bring in the president and throw him off the pitch. Be- before we get to the investigation, because that, that's the, the breaking part, um, some background on Ronnie Brunswick, the vice president of Suriname. Oh, so this dude do. was basically he was basically like a Kilombola man. Like this, this guy was a revolutionary leader many years ago in the eighties. And he was, he was from like a African maroon community and he fought against this military junta that was there um, in, in Suriname um, through the jungles, a lot of guerrilla war, like that whole thing. Like that's what he did. Um, th- this comes from Justin and, and I looked him up after this as well. I mean, he was a badass. Like he, he killed a lot of people like it's here. It, it's 40 people. It may be more. Um, but to also, you know, was it a just operation? You know, he was, he was fighting a military junta. So possibly I I'm not a master of, of Surinese sociopolitical history, but I am one to, to generally back the Quilombolas and any, uh, 
people of color that are fighting any kind of oppression. So uh, I, I do feel something there. Uh, the Robin Hood of Suriname is, is kind of his moniker. So you want to take that for what it's worth. To, um, to add on to the fire, um, like you guys mentioned that um, his son Damien uh, played as well. Um, but dad played for 54 minutes. You want to guess how many minutes son played? Five. Close, 29 minutes. <laughs> so they split it. <laughs> no, no, he... They, they replaced him, and so so it was just one of these things where, like, it was did, like a six year old dad, dad. Did his dad sub on for him? No, I think they both. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, he started. That would yeah. that would have been hilarious. That would have been. Sorry, we're gonna, You suck. Your dad's gonna play for you. Exactly. <laughs> like, He's the boss. You got to play only ten minutes. That's it. You Go sit go. down. Yeah. But the uh, but the investigation is about. Um, like paying players, right? Like, oh well, yeah. So, so this this goes back to the whole thing about players having phones and having cameras and live streaming, which we've talked about before. Is <laughs> like everybody can control their own narratives and do their things. Well, they can also just like fire up their Facebook, Instagram Live, whatever it is, and start recording stuff. And so one of the guys in the Olympia Olympia locker room has the phone going, and old boy walks in there with a bucket of cash, and he's just like passing bills oh, all God. over the place paying off the olympia players and he, he, somebody's streaming it live so it's like here it is <laughs> yep that happened wow and which, that which is that leads to Concacaf um and right. the uh olympia match and I'll, i guess we could just read from it here <clears throat> excuse me it says Quote, having assessed the actions evidenced in the video and considered written statements provided by both clubs, the committee has determined that serious breaches of integrity of integrity rules occurred after the match. You think? Uh, as a consequence of these rule breaches, both clubs have been disqualified and removed from these, this year's CONCACAF League with immediate effect. Additionally, the committee has ruled that Mr. Ronnie Brunswick is banned for three years from participating in any capacity of CONCACAF competitions. So and, maybe, and maybe that's why he got he got 54 <laughs> minutes instead of 29. Oh. So good. He didn't want 50 minutes of fame. He wanted a whole almost 60 to be able to be like, you know what? Because it's probably the last time he'll yeah. ever have a chance. He'll ever, he'll ever be. You know, it's gangster though. If you're gonna go out big, that's the way to go out. It, yeah. it, it's pretty gangster. I think. I, I think. Like it. I think it's one of the funniest things. Like that would have been. Uh, like I could have seen Maradona like doing that. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Like as as a coach, just being like, I'm just gonna shut. I'm gonna sub in myself. You you go sit down. I got this. Maybe put like a blonde wig on. No, it's not Maradona. It's it's Don it's Don Amada. <laughs> I would totally love it if like if like the team that he owns currently like um like they they put like a like a throne and like somewhere on the bench is like Maradona has a Boca had a Boca just to leave it empty and then just let it sit there because that's just. That's just a king move in a sense, you know, like he's like, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm going to do. And I don't care. And um, I don't know. That's just freaking hilarious. And I and I love it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's, and it's just, you know, makes makes classic. The, the classic, you know, I mean. Um, if someone said describe CONCACAF. Oh, yeah. In a 10 second <laughs> clip. It would be the clip of him handing up money to the opposing team. 
That's perfect. That's that's how we end it. Right on. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, well, listeners, thank you. Uh Rodrigo, Bridget, thank you as well. Uh we got we've got the Patreon, patreon.com backslash football show if you want to support us. Um thank you. Oh, we had a new supporter and I wanna shout them out really quick. Do, 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 do. Aaron, Aaron, thank you. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, you, you clearly greatly, greatly enjoyed our, our small rodent and vermin talk on the, on the previous podcast. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was the top seller. We got you know? <laughs> so if you enjoy vermin talk along with football and want to support our work, we really appreciate you. Thank you, Aaron. Oh, man. Yeah. No, vermin talk is always interesting, specifically small yards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Perfect for the vacuum now. <laughs>